When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Homestand Sports, the podcast for the passionate fan. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined as usual by my colleague and fellow on-air personality, Justin Pooney. Who is very excited to talk about the self-imploding Buffalo Bills. Ooh, well, on today's show, out of Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, and Ottawa, which Canadian NHL team should be most concerned about their start to the season? And what about in the NFL? Are the Buffalo Bills seriously in danger of missing the playoffs after losing to the Bengals in Week 9? And finally, it looks like the Toronto Raptors have a star on their hands. Yes, how excited should the Raptors be about Scotty Barnes' start to the NBA season? Lots to get to and lots to answer, so let's get this party started. I'm Albert Vartanian, and this is Homestand Sports, where stories, not stats, take center stage. All right, Justin, let's start with hockey and concerns around specific Canadian teams. Through 10 games, the Edmonton Oilers are 2-7-1, and they've lost six of their last seven. They're Alberta neighbors. The Flames are 3-7-1, and surprise, surprise, lost six of their last seven and could be in sell mode already. In the East, you have the Leafs, who haven't had a terrible start, but they've lost four in a row, and in depth on defense is clearly becoming a massive issue. And finally, the Ottawa Senators, who just learned last week that they're losing a first-round pick and are bottom of the Atlantic Division and have one win in their last six games. Oh, and the captain, Brady Kachuk, just called up the fans for booing the players. It's getting ugly in Canada right now. But out of all those teams, Justin, who should be more concerned about their start and outlook for the rest of the season? I don't know. Let's do a little exercise here, Albert. Let's go geographically across the country, okay? So Vancouver, it's all peaches and roses. Everything's great, right? You just had to throw I'll, Vancouver in there. Of course I did. You know that. But you look at that province of Alberta. Forget for the Leafs will be fine. The Leafs, that's the defensive depth, all of that stuff. That team's too talented. They have been there, done that in the regular season. They will be fine. The Senators, right? They're if you look at it, they're not that far away from you know being right back in the thick of things, right? They still have a couple games in hand on teams. Again, I mentioned that way too early, but again in Ottawa, it's a young team. They've had to deal with injuries. Thomas, uh, sorry. Uh, Jacob Chikrin is out. One of their, you know, one of their big defensemen, their big ticket defenseman is out. So I get it. It's a bit, you know, uneasy in the nation's capital, but that's not that big of a deal. Calgary Flames, I knew they were not going to be very good this year. Ever since the whole Daryl Sutter thing happened, you thought okay, it would be a change of scenery. Maybe you see a spike, but quite frankly, their two best players or the two highest paid players in Kadri and Huberto have been horrible. They didn't. It's carrying over from last year into this year. The Edmonton Oilers, Albert. I am officially – I was saying this the last couple weeks, I'm not worried they'll turn it around. I'm worried now. I'm very worried for the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid said it on Saturday after the game, death by a thousand cuts, and my prediction of the Edmonton Oilers winning the Stanley Cup is dying by a thousand cuts as every loss piles up for the Edmonton Oilers. Look, man, I don't know what is going on. It's just the mental lapses from the Edmonton Oilers is crazy. they like, this team should not be this bad. And quite, I think if, it, if this isn't rock bottom, 
the next step to rock bottom is Jay Woodcroft losing his job, right? He is going to be on the chopping block, and he's going to be gone. And the Edmonton Oilers with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl need to figure something out. I don't know if it's going to be a players-only meeting, if those things even work, or just a long look in the mirror, or what's going to happen. But this team is in big trouble because at this point in time of their season, right, you're just putting yourself further and further behind the eight ball. It is so imperative to stack up wins and bank points early on in the season because, you know, injuries are going to happen, scoring slumps are going to happen, all that's going to happen. Now, one could say that the lead, the Oilers, excuse me, are just in a slump right now, but 2-7-1 and one to get off to the season. I've been a Canucks fan the last couple of years. We've gone off to horrible starts. It is hard, very, very hard to dig yourself out of a deep hole that you dig yourself early on in the season. Yeah, and especially when you're in a division with the Vegas Golden Knights who beat you in the playoffs and just won the Stanley Cup and are off to an incredible start. Like, for, if you're Edmonton, forget about winning the division. You're already 18 points back back of Vegas. There's there's no catching up. And listen, yeah. there's reports coming out of Edmonton about everything being on the table in terms of what they're going to do, which could mean Jay Woodcroft could lose his job. But let's be honest. I mean, coaching isn't the problem. He's their fourth no. coach in nine seasons. You got McLennan, Hitchcock, Tippett, and now Woodcroft. He has nothing to do with Dreisaitl not scoring in seven games. He has nothing to do with McDavid, who hasn't scored in five games. McDavid looks hurt, by the way. And you mentioned yeah. that that comment he made after losing to Nashville, death by a thousand cuts. He looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. He looks, I hate to throw this word out there because it's not something you just say, but he, he kind of looks depressed a little bit. And I can, I imagine that considering you're the best player in the NHL, one of the faces of the NHL, definitely the face of, of your team. Before the season started, you and your partner Dreisaitl were talking about Stanley Cup or bust, and now you're 18 yeah. points back of Vegas, so now it's all about potentially just making it into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then you got the goaltending issue. They've committed mm-hmm. $7.6 million a year to two goalies who can't stop a puck, and Stuart mm-hmm. Skinner and Jack Campbell. Statistically, Justin, the two worst goalies in the NHL. This isn't a coaching yeah. problem. I don't think this has anything to do with the stars because I think dry subtle McDavid will be just fine. Depth is an issue. Defense mm-hmm. is an issue and goaltending needs to be addressed sooner rather than later for them to turn this thing around. Look, man, they did it to themselves though. They talked a big game in the off season. And I was one of the believers in them. And I still do. I'm not going to hop off the Oilers wagon about winning the Stanley cup uh, just yet, but they did this. They felt that they were ready to win the Stanley cup. And quite frankly, I think a whole lot of people d- did as well. Uh, when you have the two, probably the two best players in the NHL, right, in Drysaddle and McDavid on your roster, you got to maximize that. They, and I think guys like Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Evander Kane, all that, that you mentioned, those guys can play better, right? The defense, yes, we know Darnell Nurse is not worth what he's getting paid. But guys like Matthias Ekholm they brought in, right? Evan Bouchard looks horrible this year. And if I'm and if I'm an Oilers fan, thank God they didn't sign him to a long-term deal. And it was a bridge deal because this guy looks awful, Albert. He does not look like the guy that was that, that was a power play specialist last year and played very well. This power play that was historically great last year has not been the same. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I'm, a, I'm kind of believing and hoping that it's like a St. Louis Blue situation where they got such a horrible start in the first half of the season, but then they figure it all out and then they ride their way to the Stanley Cup. But I think, Albert, you mentioned Jay Woodcock is not the problem. You're not going to get rid of McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins. Like, those guys are staying. Like, they, they, 
they made this mess. They have to either fit, clean it up or sleep in the messy bed, right? Jay yeah. Woodcock's going to be the first one to go. So I think that when I look at this situation, there's going to be a big shakeup because pressure is on and they need to win. They need to win. It's not just like they want to win. No, no. They need to win more so than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like this is very, very critical season because there's contract situations coming up for McDavid and Dreisaitl and they might look to go elsewhere if they cannot, if they deem they cannot win in the city of Edmonton. Yeah, it's a shame just for, not even for Oilers fans, but even just for fans of the NHL to potentially not be able to see Connor McDavid in the playoffs and do what he does. Even Dreisaitl, because Dreisaitl mm-hmm. has proven that he's a playoff performer. Uh, so we're both with Edmonton. Honorable mention, I will say, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I'm not yeah. too concerned, but they're. I'm worried about their depth in terms of scoring. 36 goals have come from the core four. Our totals the entire season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, 36 goals, 26, excuse me, have come from the core four. It's just not good enough. And you you think about Bradtree living and everybody was pretty optimistic when he came in after Dubas because he's a different type of general manager. He wants his team to play tough with snot and all these NHL cliches. And they're not really doing that. They seem to have regressed. He's given big money to a couple of players who are underperforming in John Klingberg, who you can argue is the worst defenseman on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's, there's a list of players you can put there right now, but a guy making 4 million is on that list. You have Max Domi who can't really fit in. He's on a one-year deal. Tyler Bertuzzi has played on every line, even demoted to the fourth line. Uh, So if I'm the Leafs right now, it's not too bad. And I think they'll be okay. Especially when you have Austin Matthews scoring the way that he's scoring, he's scoring in bunches at the moment and leads the NHL in goals. But if they don't address their their depth and scoring, if they don't address their defense, which is super thin right now, I think the Leafs might have some issues come playoff time. But wow, that that's more right. of a wait and see from the Leafs. I think with Edmonton, it's 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 now or never. You're right. When you look at the Leafs, right, that empty net goal that I think Alex Tuck scored against the Sabers, mm-hmm. John Klingberg literally shot the puck in his bread bat, like right in his chest. Like, no. not even attempt to – he didn't even look. like. And you mentioned you make it $4 million, has not played well. He's a liability out there on five-on-five. On five. He's really only getting power – like, he's only only out there for the power play. Tyler Bertuzzi has been garbage. He's also laughing when his teammate gets a high ankle sprain on the bench that blew up and refuses to talk about <laughs> what that was all about. That doesn't look good. Ryan Reeves talked a big game in the offseason about how that's never going to happen again and we're not going to get pushed around. Well – what happened? You got pushed around, and then you have to answer the bell to the media. Max Domi, once again, does not look good at all. Um, depth has been a pretty big issue for this team. I agree that wholeheartedly. The core four is carrying the mail right now. Mm-hmm. But when we get to you know April and potentially May, you know teams are going to tighten up on that core four, and who's going to step up? Is it going to be a guy like David Camp? I don't know. Is it going to be a Tyler Bertuzzi if he's around? I don't know. Is it going to be a Max Domi if he's even around? I don't know, right? The defense, we know that's a big issue. Bradtree Living has to do something. Look, they're not in the same situation as the Oilers like you mentioned, but they got to take this seriously because this is something that you're seeing these things pop up right now in the regular season early on. Chances are they're going to pop up in a bigger way when it matters the most in April. Yeah, both these teams, Edmonton and Leafs, uh, expected to make the playoffs, but there's a chance that they don't if their season keeps going that the way that it's going. Uh, similar to a team, Justin, in the NFL, who was projected to be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, may end up missing out on the playoffs. We'll talk about that after the break. 
Okay, Justin, after losing to the Bengals on Sunday night football, the Buffalo Bills find themselves at 5-4 and four and out of a playoff spot. Justin Pooney, they have one of the toughest schedules remaining. Are the Bills really going to miss the playoffs, or am I crazy? You're crazy right now, but give it a couple weeks and you might be right, Albert. Look, man, this team, we know about the defensive injuries, Matt Milano. Davius White, Micah High got hurt yesterday against the Bengals. We don't know um, how Rasul Douglas is going to fit in. They acquired from the trade deadline. Still, no running game whatsoever. Josh Allen is still required to play, put the Superman cape on. Uh, you know, I call Gabe Davis Ghost Davis. Look, there's a lot of problems in Buffalo right now, man. Like the way this team showed up last night in a big Sunday night game and didn't answer the bell, it's worrisome. It is very worrisome. They've only beat one team over 500, the Miami Dolphins. That team can't beat anybody over 500. So, look, it's very worrying if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan because Sean McDermott, once again, similar to, you know, Jay Woodcroft and stuff like that, is like, this guy's in the hot seat, man. This team needs to win. They're, they, other than the AFC Championship game where they lost to the Chiefs, what really have the Bills done in the playoffs? Nothing, right? Um, the Bills, man... There's a whole lot of problems there. We haven't seen anything from Vaughn Miller. And you mentioned their schedule. They play a first-place schedule, which means they have a tougher schedule than majority of other teams. And look, they got the Eagles. They got, you know, the Cowboys. They got teams that are, you know, very good teams that they still got to play. And I'm worried because Josh Allen was a five straight games with the INT. That's not going to win you football games. Um, the Buffalo Bills are in serious jeopardy right now. Now, do I think in the bottom of the AFC standings, you got teams like the Browns, the Steelers, um, that are kind of hovering on those wildcard spots? Do I think that they will can get one of those teams to claim a final wildcard spot? Yes, but the Browns have an elite defense. The Steelers have an elite defense, right? So anything is possible, Albert. I'm going to say you're crazy, but you could be right. <laughs> I'm going to say no. Uh, they'll probably need nine wins to get it. I just don't know where those four wins come from. And you mentioned the schedule. It's one of the toughest schedules remaining. If you look at strength of schedule, I think the Bengals are first. But they got Denver next, uh, not a layup. Then they got the Jets, who caused Allen all sorts of problems in week one. Then you go to Philadelphia. You got the bye. After the bye, hey, it's Kansas City who want to win the AFC, right? And Mahomes is already talking about, listen, we're going to figure this thing out. My defense is better. Obviously, the offense for KC needs to get better. But they're going to be battling to win the conference. Then you go to Dallas, right? Dallas put up a huge fight against Philadelphia. Dak looked amazing. I think Dallas is only yeah. going to get better. Then you got the Chargers, New England, who already beat the Bills, and you wrap up the year, the season against Miami. I just don't know where these wins are going to come from, unfortunately. And it's not because of Josh Allen, because I think Josh Allen can do what he possibly can to win teams, yeah. win games for this team. But outside of Allen and Diggs, who is there on offense? Gabe Davis didn't even have a catch. Against oh, the Bengals. That can't that, happen. That. James Cook was used for some check downs, but they don't have much of a running game unless it's Josh Allen running. And then going back to the secondary, you mentioned it. Dude, you lose an all-pro corner, an all-pro linebacker, that hurts. And they're not coming back. You can bring in no. whoever you want. The defense is is decimated. Micah Hyde was injured in that Sunday night game against the Bengals. We don't even know his status coming up for, for the next week. If they lose him, it could be the nail in the coffin for this Buffalo Bills season. Look, man, I think that's why these next two games are so big for the Bills against the Broncos and the Jets. You know, the Broncos are what they are. They're a 
you know, a team that's in turmoil and kind of rebuilding and the Jets don't have Aaron Rodgers, but have an elite defense, right? That beat you in week one. It is so imperative these next two weeks that the Buffalo Bills win these two games. They need to win these next two games to put themselves at seven and four before they got to play Philly, Kansas City, Dallas. Like you mentioned, the Chargers, you went through the whole schedule, right? They're going to have to, between the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Chargers, the New England and Miami, they're going to have to win at least two of those games, right? And none of those games are gimmies because that, I think Albert, they did it to themselves. They did it to themselves, you know, losses to New England, losses to the Jets in, in week one playing horribly. You know, this is a team that has these mental lapses that just, there's so much talent on this team. I know the injuries are there. I know the injuries are a thing. But there's so much talent on this roster. And when you have a guy making $200-plus million in Josh Allen, you got to – we saw what Joe Burrow did last night, right? Just picking apart everybody. The Bengals don't have – you know, if you look at the roster, yes, they have more, you know, offensive firepower maybe with – I, I, the wide receiver court for sure, right? But Dalton Kincaid's no slouch at tight end, right? You know, James Cook, Joe Mixon, again, Joe Mixon's a little bit of edge. But there's a lot of good players on the Buffalo Bills roster. It comes down to how do you play in the cool? And we see, you mentioned Joe Burrow is just so cool. We see no mistakes from the quarterback. We see him, you know, make the right play. We see him do the right things in the clutch. And I don't see that with the Bills. They don't play smart winning football. They play a lot of highlight football, but I don't see them playing championship level football, making the right decisions when it matters the most. Yeah, but Justin, with this secondary, elite QBs are going to pick that secondary part just the way Joe Burrow did. And now they got you know back to the schedule. Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Dak, yeah. Herbert, Tua to end the season against mm-hmm. that defense. This is what I'm saying. I just, I don't know where these wins come from. But Albert, and it's, it's crazy up- to think they were a top four, top five, in odds, I think plus 600 to win the yeah. Super Bowl. And the conversation right now heading into week 10 is whether or not they have enough to make the playoffs. And it's unfortunate because I do think if they had a, a fully healthy defense, where no one's fully healthy. And you mentioned this yesterday, everyone's dealing with injuries. But when you're missing the most important players on one side of the ball, it's yeah. an unfortunate circumstance throughout a season. But that's what happens in the NFL. And that's going to be the reason why they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Look, Albert. It's up to Sean McDermott, who's a defensive-minded head coach, and that to build the right scheme to make it hard for those quarterbacks. A guy you can you can have a horrible secondary, but you can still get after the quarterback, right? Guys like Von Miller, Linval Joseph, that defensive line, they need to create pressure. You need to build a scheme with the players you got to make it work, right? Injuries are a part of football; they happen to every team. It's up to the coaches in the building to build around, adjust and figure out ways to win football games. You can say as much as injuries are an issue and they, they happen all that, and you're losing your – yes, it's an excuse, and I, I understand it. But there's still games to be played. There are still coaches in the building that are smart individuals that understand defense that should be able to build a scheme around the players they got to help this team be successful, put them in positions to win. And, Albert, that's as simple as that. As simple yeah. as that. Yeah, that's right. You need uh, you need your big players to step up. You need your stars to shine, Justin Pooney, mm-hmm. just like Scotty Barnes did for the Raptors against the Spurs on Sunday night. And I think the Raptors can be pretty excited about what they're seeing. We'll talk about that coming up next.
On Sunday night, Scotty Barnes, Justin did the unthinkable. He outshined the next coming of Jesus, at least in basketball terms. And Victor Wembenyama. Barnes dropped 30 points, had 11 boards, six dimes, three steals, and three blocks to help the Raptors erase a 22-point deficit and win the game. He's now averaging 22-10-6 on the year. Uh, it's a third year so far to remember for Scotty Barnes, Justin. How excited should Raptors fans be about his start to the season? This is the shining star of the season, right? This is it for the Toronto Raptors. This is their star. This is the franchise. It's, there's no questions about it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Scotty Barnes last night proved that he's on an all-star trajectory. He's the face of the franchise. He's the best player on the Toronto Raptors. Um, that This is the only highlight for the Raptors this year, I think, is that watching this young player develop and take that next step in his career trajectory. A guy who struggled last year, did not improve at all from his rookie of the year season. People were questioning his work ethic. I know I certainly was. Mm -hmm. um, questioning whether he wanted it. Could he be the guy to take that next step from being a 14, you know, 14, 16 point per game player to be a 20 plus? Albert, he's done that. Albert, that step back three in the fourth quarter was massive. He had 17 points in the fourth quarter. Superstars, okay, superstars, all-star players step up big when their team needs them the most. This team was down 22 points. Scotty Barnes had 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, this is what everything Raptors fans hope for. They wanted a, this guy to develop into a superstar. They wanted this guy to, to develop into a big-time player, and he has. He's been doing that through seven games. Can he continue it? Raptors fans sure as I hope so. And now. It's up to Masai Ujiri. I'm looking directly at Masai Ujiri right now through my camera at home. It is on you. You must, must get rid of Pascal Siakam and build this roster around Scotty Barnes and do what the right thing is and allow this young emerging star to have a team of his own that's catered to his skill set. Yeah, he's having a great season. 22-10-6, and six, like I mentioned on defense. He looks like he's gotten better. Two blocks, a steal in a game. Um, and he's kind of, he's taken to this new Raptors offense under Darko, like he's been playing it forever. You mm -hmm. know, the Sunday's game was his six in a row with 20 or more points. And he's, he hasn't been averaging that at any point in his career. And you mentioned it, you know, his sophomore year was the definition of a sophomore slump. And I think a lot of that had to do with what was going on off the court. He's doing a lot yeah. of commercials and a lot of sponsorship deals and all those things. And I think that had something to do with it. I think his focus was kind of skewed a little bit. And now that's not the case. They want him to be the guy and he's being the guy. And by the way, for everyone watching this, this isn't just a Toronto thing that Toronto fans are talking about and Toronto players and coaches, et cetera. This is a thing that's being talked about across the league with current players and former players. I go back to Tony Allen was on Kevin Garnett's podcast talking about how he expects a big year from Scotty Barnes saying he expects him to average 20 and 10. He's averaging 22 and 10. We know KG is a huge fan of him. Paul George has his own podcast and mentioned a guy who can be defensive player of the year or all defensive team is Scotty Barnes. So he's on the radar across the league. This is a bona fide, uh, I think, NBA star in the making. I'm not going to say he's a star yet because it's so early, but he's playing like an all-star. When you're talking about yeah. most improved players, he's, I know he's plus 1,200. He's got to be in the mix. I know you got Tyrese Maxey, Kate Cunningham, Shane Sharp, who all look so good. But he's in the running, I think, for, for one of the players of the season so far. And it's early days. But I'm with you. Masai needs to make up his mind and what he needs to do now. 
Do you believe in what you're seeing in Barnes? And is it time yeah. to maybe move on from some older pieces and, and let this kid shine and have his, have his space in this Toronto Raptors team? When you mentioned older pieces, we can say it. It's Pascal Siakam. He's a $37 million anchor right now on this Toronto Raptors team. And look, yes, you got to build around him, man. Like, this is – what more do you need to do? Like, you're seeing it. Like, they're down by 20 to the, the rebuilding Spurs. They come back and win, right? But we we kind of – seven games is a good – a decent sample size to kind of figure out what a team really is, right? This team's not a playoff team or even a play-in team, quite frankly, the way I see it, Right? You got to build. I would sell off Siakam, sell off Trent. If you want to keep Ananobi, keep him. I think Dennis Schroeder, you know, you, you, you might want to keep him too, unless you can get a really good offer for him. But look, you got to build this team around a guy in Scotty Barnes who has potential to be a multiple time all star, right? You have to do that. You have to reset the timeline for this franchise, right? Having these older players that are on contract years, Gary Trent Jr. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, right? You got to make a decision on it. And with Siakam, the way he's... This guy had two for 12 shooting, one for four from three, eight points. You're getting paid $37 million and you're scoring eight points a game. Albert, he's down. He's what averaging 15 points this season. He's shooting 41% from the field. He normally shoots 49%. I don't... The numbers are on the wall, right? Like You have to move him. And mm-hmm. I, if I'm the Atlanta Hawks and I'm... I'm smiling from ear to ear. Thank God we didn't sign him. Thank God we didn't give him a max deal. And thank God he turned us down because we don't – this player right here is tanking his value, right? And what also is, is telling is the mentality. The mentality of Pascal Siakam. He has a prime opportunity now where he's the clear-cut leader of this team going into the season. Does he take the bull by the horns? No, that's Scotty Barnes. A guy in his third year has basically pushed Pascal Siakam aside to look, this is my team. I want the ball. I'm the guy. Give me the damn ball, right? And Pascal Siakam has proven that maybe Patrick Beverly was right, Albert, that he's not a dog. Scotty Barnes is proving that he is one. But is Pascal Siakam one? I don't think so. I think Pat Beverly is becoming your favorite player just based on quotes alone, not even ability. <laughs> but let me, let, me, let me pose you a bonus question then. So if you do move pose on it. from Siakam, and your Messiah, mm-hmm. what's your expectation for what you get in return? Are you looking for picks? Or are you looking for players to play now? And is anybody else associated with Pascal Siakam in terms of going out the door? Yeah, Gary Trent Jr. He's got to go. He's okay, got, so he's what's consistent. the return for, for a, a Trent and uh, Siakam? I think with Siakam, again, you could get – if you get a, a first-rounder, Right, you take it. If you get a couple of pick swaps, you take it. You're gonna have to take on expiring deals and stuff like that uh, to make the money work. But Masai, you can't fleece anybody right now with this, right? You did this to yourself. You played the jack the price up on Asperger King's ransom, and you didn't move him. And now you're gonna be stuck with the fact that his value is just diminishing and diminishing at every poor performance, right? So. Yeah, you get, if you can get a couple first expiring contract bench guys and a couple pick swaps, you can take that. For Gary Trent, same thing. If you can get a, maybe a couple seconds uh, or whatever, something like that. Again, I always stockpile as many picks as possible. As we've talked about, you can use that to draft and develop. You can use it to acquire younger players or a superstar player that you know that will help you and help insulate Scotty Barnes. Um, but... I don't want this to become, and I'm sure Raptors fans don't want this to become like a Chris Bosch situation. I talked about this earlier 
Um, this is a team where you want to make sure your all-star has good pieces around to contend. You don't want to start wasting away his prime years with a mediocre roster because, Albert, we know the pressure's on for stars to win in the NBA. And if they don't seem fit to win in a current situation, they can get themselves at any situation, right? Ben Simmons, James Harden, Dame Lillard, whoever you want. Pick whoever you want. Paul George, you can get yourself at any situation you want if you're a star player in the NBA. And if Scotty Barnes starts to feel like the Raptors aren't serious about building around him and winning, he might move on for other options. Yeah, listen, we've talked about depth throughout this episode, I feel, with certain teams and the depth on the Raptors. is There's an issue there, especially on the bench. Yeah. I'm with you. I say move Siakam. I've said this before. Uh, maybe move Trent. I think stockpile picks as best as you can, but also get players who can play now. That doesn't mean get superstars and stars. It's players that can play in log minutes and who can contribute to this new system mm -hmm. that Darko is trying to do right now. And listen, you stockpile those picks. Who knows what you can end up landing? Who knows who becomes available? And if Masai wants to go all in with Scotty Barnes, we know how this league works, Justin. One guy yeah. can't do it by himself. You need two or three. Look what Milwaukee just did. Look what LA's doing. LA's got four of them, hoping that they could turn back the hands of time and make things happen. So if I'm the Raptors, I'm with you. Move Siakam, but get some players, get some picks, and build the thing around this kid because Scotty Barnes, uh, I think, is the truth, as the kids say. Mm -hmm. He is the truth, brother. He is. And I think, look, when I look at this team, there's going to be growing pains this year. Darko's first-year head coach. Scotty, first time really being the guy. There's going to be growing pains, right? There's going to be losing. But at least you can see the light at the end of the tunnel once you move Siakam. That, hey, look, we have a whole bunch of caps with you, a whole bunch of draft capital. We have a whole bunch of young players, and we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? That is something that you can look forward to, right? A lot of Raptor fans have been spoiled with the great basketball this franchise has thrown over the last decade. But it's time to change. It's time to freshen it up. It's time to go younger. It's time to create a new era of Raptors basketball. And I think that is the smart play moving forward. That's it for Homestand Sports. Thanks for listening. We'll be dropping episodes throughout the week, so keep your eyes peeled for that. You can find Homestand Sports anywhere you download your podcasts, including Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. Thanks again for watching. I'm Albert Vartanian. This has been Homestand Sports, where stories, not stats, take center stage.